Hey, it's Aldwin. And I'm Jason. This is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. We put our shit together so that we can entertain you. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Come back to life, Dick Edward. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? I, think, I feel like it's another ass comment, but... Jason Jason just called you on your bluff, and you, you came back and you called us an albatross? I don't know what that is. Do you know what this is? It's called entertainment in all caps. Time. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Aldwin. And (laughs) (laughs) that was stupid. Um, We hung out on Saturday and talked all things merch. You know, we have been so bad at taking the time to grow our, our pod, our business. You know, we just to let you all know, we record on a weekly Jason and I have busy schedules, as I'm sure you've heard from our podcast before, <laughs> to find the time to do something in addition to just the simple recording of the show is nearly impossible. But yes, you came over. We had a nice little, you know, drink situation. Bruno did not bite you. <laughs> Almost once. Almost once he did. Almost once when you reached for his bum without him looking. <laughs> and um, absolutely right. We got down and dirty and we finished the merch almost finished the merch i'd say yeah i think we're like any good fashion designer like we are Mm. um we've (laughs) also planned for what our second line will include (laughs) um that's key uh but we plan to just have a few items that you can enjoy and you know share with your friends as you profess your love to our podcast through fashion and merch yeah i mean we wanted to just to give you a sneak peek we wanted to keep our first collection tight which is in line with who we are tight and (laughs) um you know it's going to be a very edited capsule collection now the one poll that we put out to you as I'm sure many of you have already seen, is the large logo versus the big logo, uh, the small logo. Now, I am a bigger the better girl, you know, large logo. Let's just get that brand recognition out there. Jason is classy and sassy, so he likes the uh, look, more distinguished look of a small crest on a T. And it does seem like the polls show that people are loving the smaller better than the bigger. But I think that it's going to be nice to offer both as options. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think uh, I, it started off people were picking the large over the small. And then mm-hmm. I think the small surpassed. But, you know, I think like many people like large too. Yeah. You like it. You like it large. We're yeah. not talking about fashion. Large and tight. Exactly. <laughs> You're bringing back all these terms I remember you talking to me about when you were talking about fashion capsule. A capsule collection. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know, guys. That's <laughs> that's my... Um, before I was a teacher, I worked in retail for many years. That's like that's my lane, babe. Like I love clothes, <laughs> still love clothes, still sell at my friend's vintage store on the weekends. I just think that this is the bee's knee. So I'm so excited for us to release it. Yeah. So like Aldwin said, a capsule of a couple of items, a couple of clothing pieces, a couple of non-clothing pieces Mm -hmm. for you to enjoy. And, um, you know, we have the accessory you need during these COVID times. (laughs) Yeah. And can we safely say that it's likely to have a launch for Black Friday weekend, end of November? So, you know, whether you celebrate Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, um, Festivus, for those of you that watch Seinfeld, (laughs) um, (laughs) buy those gifts. You know, don't stop at one item. Buy two, three, buy the entire collection. This is a first season's collection in 15 years (laughs) when we are old and gray and on our 5,000th episode (laughs) and like 500,000th download you're going to be happy that you bought our merch from the first season. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you're going to get in from the ground up. <laughs> it only goes up from here, people. This is just <laughs> capsule number one. <laughs> and it's not a capsule we're burying and then re-earthing in 25 years. Yeah, it's a exactly. capsule of the now. Yeah, and the resale value is going to be just off the, out of like you know out of the roof. <laughs> <laughs> All jokes aside, it really is just helping us produce this show. Yes. Yeah. So um, anything you buy, whether it's the, the <laughs> I, item <laughs> item one or item two, I'm trying not to. You know, it's like last week's episode: the player who shall not be named, the mm-hmm. items that shall not be named <laughs> until the capsule is launched. Buy one, buy all five. It really just helps us pay for all the things that we need to pay for to produce this podcast. So thank you in advance for buying for yourself, buying for your loved ones, (laughs) buying for everyone you care about. (laughs) Moving on. Moving on. We wanted to talk about gay petty. Oh my God, was it ever gay? Jesus. (laughs) Can I just say, I thought to myself as I was preparing for this episode, I feel that this is your fave. You have just been nonstop ranting and raving about this entire tournament this entire week. From the player um, introductions with the jazzy music that just like get everyone gets everyone hyped up to the crowd, you're just like all about it. I have not seen you be so pumped about a tournament this much tbh i am a big fan of intros and like video packages that promote (laughs) the sport like all of that good stuff the things that you know well me up as i prepare to watch a final or semi-final or you know the start of the grand slam season when i hear that esp espn music like all of that stuff sort of gets me jazzed and excited and the player intros in paris are top notch if you hearken back to our friend nick curios who said Mm. tennis is entertainment paris spotlights that i think big time in terms of how they produce the player intros you know putting the one player in the spotlight and then taking a few seconds to allow that person to walk to the tunnel versus the next player and them in the in the spotlight and then they both sort of walk out to the player introduction and the music yeah, mm. it's top notch in my opinion. You, the reason why I think you love Paris so much, and I know other tournaments have done it, but for whatever reason you are particularly close to this Paris tournament, is because the player intros are very similar to like WWE intros. Like down the hallway, it's that beautiful honeycomb honeycomb lighting. They're kind of in the shadows. The music starts. They've got their vibe. They come out. It's just like a whole production. So, you know, you being such a WWE fan, I'm like, it's just a no-brainer why you would love Paris for that reason. Mm-hmm. For all you new listeners, I do watch <laughs> WWE. His, uh, his I, new WWE podcast is in the works. <laughs> uh, um, it is true. I still watch it. Uh, I am a five-year-old. <laughs> uh, and I do love the spectacle that is created when it comes to tennis. I think it, it shows an event like that, takes the sport seriously, sees it as entertainment, sees it as a matchup in line with like boxing for for example like you know we have these two combatants about to come out and we need you to get excited and pumped and um you know the one uh match that i was sort of most pumped about was hugo gaston Mm -hmm. the hometown boy versus daniel yeah like i knew it was gonna get rowdy and it was gonna get juicy (laughs) and it was an excellent excellent match you know you wonder if the hometown boy is going to buckle under the pressure but obviously he's performed well in Paris before he made the round of 16 at Roland Garros Mm -hmm. in 2020 um, qualified here in Paris and then made it to the quarterfinals beating Alcaraz yeah Gaston is like your little chicken nugget he's 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 a cutie he's for sure a cutie I mean not in my lane but definitely in your lane you know, little beard action going on at this tournament. Love his kit. Who is he wearing, by the way? Is he wearing Asics? Asics, A6, correct. Yeah. That black with the green spiral, like fierce and fabulous, matching mm-hmm. with the court. Um, 
here's what I thought about Gaston. Gaston to me was giving me like Julian Julian Benito vibes. Do you remember that guy? Mm-hmm. 2009 beat Federer in the second round. Um, I thought that he was carrying the crowd support, using that to his advantage. And just talking about the crowd a little bit, wasn't it so refreshing to see the the seats packed? People were going crazy. And like it was just so <laughs> nice to have that energy. It really felt like we were not... I'm not even going to say we're, we're in the midst of the pandemic, but it felt like we're the pandemic never happened. So, I mean, I really appreciated that. Yeah, I mean, there's sort of less talk about pan- the pandemic now. Like, they <laughs> tend to talk about it in terms of, you know, in the trophy presentation or after, like, last year was tough. So it's great to see the fans back. That's sort of where it gets mentioned, but not even the announcers really talk about it anymore. And they mm. talk about the fan energy and interaction. And, yeah, in Paris, it was truly incredible. Uh, that match in particular, um, I really looked forward to. Um, but yeah, it was another win for the guy our fans don't seem to like, (laughs) (laughs) Novak Djokovic, you know, takes six, seven weeks off, comes back, plays four matches. He only played four. He had a a buy from our friend (laughs) Malfis and, uh, took the trophy. Uh, Okay. When I was preparing the notes for this episode, the title for episode 81, which is what this is, is Djokovic, again, (laughs) exclamation mark, question mark. I was feeling a Djokovic vibe all this season. I mean, his pursuit of the calendar golden grand slam situation is something that, you know, any responsible tennis journalist like you and I had to cover this year. Um, The climax being at the U.S. Open, boy needed a bit of a mental break, so it took six or seven weeks off. But really and truly, what tennis player can take that amount of time, enroll himself in a thousand Master Series level tournament, and just work his way, you know, beating Fuchskovic? Fuchs. Fuksovic. Yes, you're correct. <laughs> Sally, get the is the is the C before the S or the S before the C? Yeah, it's like Sally sells seashells, but it's too short. I'm like, who can do that and end up winning? He he beats Medvedev, who he finally takes vengeance from his loss at the U.S. Open final. So, I don't know. Am I a bit over Joko? Uh, I am impressed by the records that he broke this tournament. You know, you can speak to that a little bit after the spiel. But um, I have to say, honestly, when I was posting about Joko and his win at at Masters, I think it's wonderful. It was nice that his wife was there to watch and support him, that his kids were there to watch and support him. He actually made a bit of a a nod in his Instagram post saying that it was really nice to have quote-unquote real fans at the tournament. You know, he's never been shy about his... um, Opinion when it comes to how the pandemic played out and, you know, um, uh, permission for fans to be at turn- tennis tournaments. In any case, yay is all I got <laughs> to say. Good for him. I'm really, I'm happy for him. Am I thrilled? I mean, that's not the word, but I mean, this guy is like breaking records all over the place. So how can we not give him the, the props for that? Yeah. When you thought about when you thought about the Medvedev Djokovic final, yeah. What what were your initial thoughts going into it, knowing that Medvedev really sort of manhandled manhandled him at the US Open final? I I mean, I wanted Medvedev to win. And it's not because I dislike Joko, it's because I want there to be more W's on his side. You know, I want this to be a really contentious rivalry. I want it to be a juicy-ass rivalry. I want it to be Martina Chris. I want it to be Steffi, Monica. I want it to be Roger Rafa. Like, this has all the makings of all the drama that we need in tennis right now. Um, what I actually think happened was Djokovic took the last six weeks to lock himself in his uh, mansion, the basement in his mansion, and dissect every possible mathematical equation Um, that he can so he reviewed his final um, tournament his final against Medvedev at the US Open and was like 
computer uh, <laughs> enter beat. formula to beat Medvedev <laughs> in Paris. And it's like the, the guy lost the first set and he was like, download formulas now. And he beep, fuck- boop, beep, drink <laughs> six liters, 12 times distilled water. Yeah, like this guy is just on another level in, ten- in terms of strategy and mental toughness. So... I think that that's what actually happened. What girl? What about you? Were you pro Med? Were you pro Daniil? Were you pro Joko? Like, what was your vibe? Well, I watched. I think I watched every match of Joko's at the tournament. Like, I was interested to see how he'd come back. So I watched watched the match against Fuchskovich, and then I forget who he played in the quarterfinal. Um, um, Medvedev. Uh, no, uh, Djokovic. Oh, sorry, Djokovic. I In the quarter, jo- he beat Fritzy. Fritzy. So I did watch that match. It was pretty comprehensive. And then Hubie, he went down sort of quickly in the first set, then came back six love in the second set. And then the third set, fin- the match finally got good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went into the final feeling like Medvedev had his number so hard yeah. in 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 Flushing that yeah. he was the underdog. I Joko. felt like he I felt like Joko was the underdog mm. in in that match and I f- I felt it sort of in not only how he was handled in that match but sort of how the crowd I think really got behind him even as he was losing at the end of that that final and you know the tears that he had on the court and so I kind of felt like he was the the underdog going into that match and became a bit of a crowd favorite there in Paris. And I think people really wanted him to win. You could hear them chanting his name and had the nice moment with his kids as he won the title. So I don't know. I feel like maybe there's an underdog thing happening for him. Joko. Even though he's the best player in the world. Yeah. You know what Medvedev didn't have at the final? BDE. You know what? I still I still think he had some BDE swagger. Yeah, you know, I do too. First I, set for sure. First set for sure. But no, other than that, what did he not have? God, I don't know. You're you're flummoxing me, babe. He didn't have you. Oh, he, he didn't have your sign. We need a little more Daniil in our life. Mm. I mean, listen. En français. <laughs> <laughs> en français, exact, exa- exactement. <laughs> um, let's just let's just speak truth to power here, okay? NBO, you really turned it around for Daniel. He would have never won our home tournament here in Toronto had it not been for that sign. You showed up every day, every night, uh, stopping off at the dollar store, buying those four dollar <laughs> letters, <laughs> gluing them on. Did you glue mm-hmm. them on or were they stickers? They were they stickers. They were stickers, yeah. Okay. Um, his wife certainly didn't have a sign. She didn't. She didn't. And mm-hmm. um, I'm so sorry, but like, I just think that he has lost his way a little bit. I mean, maybe his BDE swagger is not as um, potent because you don't, you're not really a presence in his life. I am campaigning for you to. Um, to be his kind of mistress and uh, mm-hmm. for you to create another sign for him because I think he needs that going into the into the Nido finals. Yeah, I, I uh, just booked my flight to Torino. <laughs> so I will be there um, right beside him. No, uh, du- well, no doubt staying at a Marriott Bonvoy. Yeah, Marriott Bonvoy Hotel. Uh, <laughs> he, he might uh, get a restraining order, so I might have to be 100 feet away, but I'll be on the other side of the arena. Watching his matches and every time he, you know, switches uh, in the changeover, I'll just go to the other side of the the arena. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, come on. Like, I am all about a Medvedev moment and I really, truly wanted him to win. But um, you have to hand it off to Novak. I mean, he really when you're down, when you're down, when Novak is down a set, it really means nothing. It truly Mm -hmm. means not a damn thing. Yeah, he definitely problem solved uh, in that match. I was waiting to see sort of what he would do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, he 
they both are backboards. Um, mm-hmm. But I felt like Djokovic threw in a bit of the backhand slice, sort of trying to change the pace. Uh, they were both trying to use the drop shot a little bit. So mm-hmm. it was a cool, it's a cool matchup, I think, and will be a cool um, rivalry going forward to see um, these two. I mean, they're the top two players right now. So hopefully there's many more matches. We got three, three that I remember this year. You Obviously, Australian Open Final, US Open Final, mm-hmm. and this one. Australian Open was not so great. Wah, wah. Uh, and, you know, if you're a Djokovic fan, the U.S. Open was not so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think what I noticed in that final was that Djokovic recognized that Medvedev just stays so far back on the return that he had to be a little bit more aggressive, take more chances. You know, Djokovic can stay out there for 24 hours and, like you said, be a backboard. But against Medvedev, I think he was trying to capitalize on shorter points and uh, kind of take control of the net. And he did that, I think, in his second and third set really effectively. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be this kind of chess match. Like, obviously, Medvedev's going to go back to his basement in his billion-dollar mansion and is like, (laughs) let me look at this match and figure out how I can win again. You know, (laughs) I don't know why he sounds like a vampire, but... um, Yeah, yeah. I thought that was (laughs) Fuchskovich. Yes, that is him. (laughs) Um... I think one of the things that um, Medvedev wasn't successful in it was making ground strokes in the third set. Like he made <laughs> what he did in the U.S. Open was he wasn't really making any errors, mm-hmm. and uh, he was making errors in that third set. So Djokovic was able to capitalize. But if Medvedev isn't missing, he's pretty much impossible to beat. Yeah. So I mean, here's hoping to an exciting. Uh, finals in Torino. Is it Torino or Turin? I think Italians call it Turin. I think it's... I don't know. Isn't it both? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Is that where the Shroud of Turin is? (laughs) Oh, I have no idea either. Um, Those those finals got set in Paris, so we know that Casper Ruud will be there and Hubie (laughs) will be there. Mm Mm-hmm. And we won't be we won't be talking about that until next week. But the final eight players are set. Um, Zverev was a little disappointing in the semis. Yeah, like his his battery was like ten percent, mm-hmm. and then got to one percent and just fizzled out completely in that semifinal. Yeah, she ran out of juice. She ran out of juice. Poor girl. My God. Yeah, but she was playing well you know, throughout the tournament against Casper. Mm -hmm. Casper's playing really well, beat him fairly handily, I think, after winning the a tight first set. And um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how he does um, next week in Turin or Torino. Mm -hmm. Um, Because yeah, he did seem like he had run out of out of gas and couldn't quite figure out what to do against Medi. I mean, does that con- to me, I've been such a cheerleader for Zverev this entire season. I actually choose Zverev over Medvedev to be the more successful of the... Okay, I, okay, ice cubes. <laughs> my ice cubes are too loud today. I apologize. I put two in my glass. <laughs> um, I choose Zverev to be uh, more successful than Medvedev in this kind of new generation of the top or the the big three. Um, so it kind of concerns me that, you know, he looked a little tired. She got really tired in that semifinal. And um, I mean, yes, he won in Vienna, has been on a hot streak, has had a phenomenal season. You know, you can't uh, be so hard on the girl for, you know, just wanting to take a nap in that semifinal. But, you know, if you're going to be at the level <laughs> of Djokovic and Rafa and Roger, girl, you cannot be tired. So like mm-hmm. you need to want it every single time you step out on the court. So I, I like you was very disappointed with, with uh, Sasha. Yeah. These top guys are top because they are able to bring it week after week. Mm. Um, they might take a week or two here or there, but when they come back like Joko, <laughs> they win the tournament. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how these guys do. I, 
did read something earlier today that Tsitsipas says that, you know, himself and Zverev and Medvedev, they're going to be bigger than the big current big three. And I was like, that's what he said. Probs not. But oh, def not. Yeah. (laughs) He needs to go take up another long extended bathroom break and think about what he said. I mean, I didn't even what happened to him. He had a bye and then he lost to Popperin retired against Popperin. He he retired. Yeah. Like, I mean, just like what happened in Vienna, did we even know that he was there? No. He just, you know, he's flying under the radar. I think he needs an extended nap. <laughs> After, I don't expect very much from my ex-boyfriend at the finals in Torino next week. I really don't. And and that's okay. You know, like, everyone needs a bit of a break. So, no problem, babe. Like, go home, <laughs> take a nap, and uh, rejuvenate for uh, the beginning of 20, 2022. Yeah. But, um, I mean, you want to step up. If you want to step your pussy up and, like, get to the level of the, the, the big three, then get there. Like, stop crying. <laughs> stop crying. <laughs> Are you feeling the same way about... <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to take one of those ice cubes out of my drink because it is so loud and annoying. Even me. Um, are you feeling the same way about Rublev? Who also lost early. He's lost early the last few events. Yeah. I mean, Rublev to me is like a fourth runner up. If we're going to use, you know, we at the beginning of the show used a wrestling analogy because you love wrestling. People know that I'm a huge pageant girl. Love Miss Universe situation. To me, like Rublev is your fourth runner up. Like perennial you're gonna you're gonna do well in swimsuit you're gonna kill it in evening gown your q a is good enough to carry you to the top five but babe are you going to be holding hands with the girl at the end and waiting for your name to be called to be the next miss universe probably not babe so like (laughs) am i disappointed in in rublev Uh, i don't think that i really saw her as going deep in this tournament to tbh you know, the uh, the Rublev Instagram fan account, I'm not sure whether you saw this, Jay, but they posted an entire, like, thesis explanation as to why Rublev is tired and deserves to have a little break. And it's like, <laughs> I did not see that. Babe, it's not that complicated. He's just not as good as them. <laughs> so, so, like, you know, good on him. We've talked about players before that need to have you know, a draw open up in order in order for them to capitalize, like Cam Nori. Like, love you, Cam. Great job at Indian Wells, but let's not let's be honest. The draw did open up for you, babe. Like, same thing for Rublev. You want to get up there, you got to add some more tricks to your pocket. So, I mean, I am more like of a Steph believer than a Rublev believer. Tbh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Rublev won five titles last year. He's won one this year, and it was like way back in what february or march or something like that mm-hmm. on clay on clay and rotterdam i believe <laughs> in nowheresville <laughs> <laughs> he won a 500 title he's like hey, okay i won a 500 but i don't like 250s and i don't like 1000 uh yeah oh. we'll talk about all of that next week we're sort of dipping into that a little bit but mm. we need to dip out of it because we're gonna save that f- as a preview for next week the the year-end Finals. Anything else on uh, Paris? We talked about the little nugget doing well in his home turf, Gast- uh, Hugo Gaston, mm-hmm. um, Djokovic breaking records. I mean, everyone's read this on Instagram and social media and in the headlines, but Djokovic surpasses Rafael Nadal, another kind of um, point of contention that Rafael Nadal can hold against his buddy there, Joko wins 37 1000 level master series titles and over Rafa's 36 and not only does he do not only does he accomplish that but he beats Pete Sampras's record of six times as year end number 1 now this being his seventh so <laughs> i mean we did an episode babe four three or four months ago about Djokovic being the goat and us kind of like Remember that discussion we had? We're like, should we name this episode Djokovic is the GOAT? Are we going to mm-hmm. lose our listeners? Nah, 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 nah. But <laughs> I mean, hun, I don't know how you could not say now that he's the GOAT with these two added accomplishments from this tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 37 wins out mm. of 54 finals. Yeah. 
um, you know, Federer's way down at 28 <laughs> Masters uh, titles. And, yeah. you know, the way other guy, <laughs> the other guy who's considered, I guess, part of the big four, which was would be Andy Murray, I think has like 14. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Can I ask? OK, I have a question for you. So there are a couple of players that I think deserve honorable mentions. Uh, we quickly mention Hubie, her cash. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you what do you think his end of season situation is going to be now? Oh, my God, that. Gin burp, jeez. <clears throat> I love myself a gin and tonic. Um, what's his year-end situation at Torino now that he's qualified for the championships? What do you think? I mean, I think he's playing well. Obviously, he won a 250 event a couple weeks back. Um, I forget how well he did in Indian Wells, but he's you know made the semis here. It um, the event the year-end finals are indoors, so that is helpful for him. I just worry about his consistency because I feel like he's another person who can just spray a bunch of unforced errors uh, in a match. And mm. But when he's playing well, like he was in that quarterfinal against Roger at Wimbledon and playing beautifully, like he's tough to beat. So mm-hmm. it all depends which Hubie shows up. <laughs> Can we make a play on words on his name there? Who who be who be showing up at the finals? Which who be showing up? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I want to give a honorable mention to Dimitrov. I have not felt him for a minute. Um I think he's put a lot of his personal personal issues you know he clearly has been a player that has loved the limelight and i think that has distracted him from his on-court accomplishments and um you know in his match against zverev you know zverev being fresher in that in that round i just thought that he had the game and the focus to really take it deeper in (laughs) deeper in Paris. So I have this, I have an excitement for Dimitrov. I think he needs to sustain this momentum that he's picked up at the end of 2021. And I think that he can be a real contender in 2022. He can like pick up a couple of tournaments, maybe uh, go deep in a slam again. So I'm really feeling Grigor. I like mm-hmm. her. I like her again. Yeah, he's in that category of players we talked about a couple of weeks ago, like the elder statesman category of like the chill, <laughs> the chillage, the round itch, the Nishikori and is she, Dimitrov. Is she that old? Grigor. Grigor is 30. Ooh. Okay. It's not that old, but yeah. you know, he, he made a nice run in Indian Wells, but in a couple of those matches, even when he beat Medvedev, he looked tired <laughs> as he was, you know, you know, grudging it out with with Medi on the court. Mm-hmm. So maybe she does need to like, you know, work on her endurance and fitness over over the um holiday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I he can use so. maybe he can purchase one of our products from our Ready Play Tennis podcast store. Yes. Like and item number 4. Item <laughs> it, Actually in the um product list, it is item number 4. <laughs> is it? Oh, okay, good. You know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> And he can walk on court with item number three. He can actually have all the items. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, send. we'll send him one and he can share it on his IG how happy he is. And yeah. We'll get a whole bunch more people buying them. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, he, it's a nice story for sure at the end of the season to see him playing well. He did well in San Diego, which was pre-Indian Wells, did well in Indian Wells and has sort of been following it up, which is good. Yes. Um. Anything else from <laughs> Perry? I don't think so. Yeah, no, I'm 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 happy. I really enjoyed that tournament. I enjoyed mm. the players' IG stories. You know, maybe some of our listeners don't know, but I lived in Paris for about a year and a half, about uh what is it, 14 years now. So Paris has a special place in my heart. Fritzy brought his girlfriend to the Eiffel Tower, had a cute little kiss situation. Riley Opelka is just living the baller life, <laughs> shopping spree at Jill Sander, eating at the coolest, funkiest restaurants. I mean, 
you know, if he's taking applications for new girlfriends, bitch, sign me up. I want that life, girl. So, Riley, call us. <laughs> I feel like we, when we hung out on Saturday, I saw you did the curl in your hair. I yeah. feel like that was a bit emblematic of Riley. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I like, I like Riley Opelka. I think she knows what's what the fuck is up. Like, she's cool. <laughs> she really yeah. is cool. I feel like he'd be cool to hang out with. Like, let's hang out with him and, like, a little bit of mix of party girl genie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They. I think they, would, I think they would get, get along, to be honest. I agree. <laughs> Maybe we'll make that connection. Um, over to Billie Jean King. <laughs> exactly. Billie Jean, not my lover. <laughs> Did, She's just a girl. She's just a curl. Claims that I am the Who one. Who thinks that I am the one. <laughs> but the kid. <laughs> not my son. <laughs> I got the feeling that not a lot of people cared about this. So I'm sorry if you did. I did not really. Did you care <laughs> much about this? Did I know how to watch it? Ugh. No. Hashtag nor. I need to know. I need to be able to know where I can watch it to invest in it. I don't know that it was even on TV here in, in Canada with, mm. you know, Canada competing. Right. I, I don't know. I didn't really pay attention to that. Yeah. It's hard to get into it when you can't have access to watching the matches live. I mean, we talked about this last week. It was difficult for the Billie Jean King Cup to kind of stage an event because initially it was supposed to be played in Budapest, I want to say. But then they dropped out as a site city and Prague picked up the pieces, you know, later in the year. So, you know, in terms of a logistical uh, media presence situation it was difficult to kind of um, bring excitement to the tournament. Nonetheless, it happened. I, I think we want to say congratulations to Team Canada. Team Canada took out the defending champions, uh, France, in the first round. So, congrats, all you girls. Um, and a special congratulations to our girl, Rebecca Marino, who continues to show that she belongs in the top tier of female players. She took Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova to three sets in her rubber match in the second round against the Russian Federation. So good on Team Canada for really representing the uh, Great White North. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, it's exciting to see her continue to fight her way back. She is another player who's in her 30s and mm. was like, I still got this and I'm going to keep playing. So she started playing again what a year and a half ago two years ago yeah and is slowly climbing like similar trajectory to uh, our girl Layla mm -hmm. right getting her getting her ranking up there she's in in the top 200 now mm -hmm. which is awesome because I think she was 300 even like at the Aussie Open when she qualified so yeah yeah a slow but progressive ascent yeah, Up she the made the third third round at the National Bank Open. Lost to Sab Sabalenka, but she beat a couple good players, right? Like she beat. And she beat Keys she in beat? the first round. Um, I think she. Oh, I don't know who she beat in the second round, but I mean, she just is showing that she deserves to be, you know, in the main draws of some more contentious, um, deeper uh, draw tournaments mm -hmm. so congrats to the team yeah give us some big babe tennis yeah i'm going to just say congratulations to russia they've claimed their fifth billy jean king cup title formerly called fed cup um girl it was a juicy ass uh final though did you hear <laughs> about you... did you hear about the tea i did not but do tell me okay so um in the final, 15 minutes before the final takes place, you have to obviously um, submit your players uh, that are going to be playing that match. And 15 minutes before the final, the Russian coach substituted um, Pavlyuchenkova, who's their number one player, for Samsonova. 
um, who is their number four player. And this was a little sketchy because Samsonova was on fire in the semifinal against the USA. She took out Sloane Stevens. She won her doubles uh, doubles rubber match. And um, they claimed that Pav had a bit of a knee injury during the warm-up. Now, Switzerland did not like that. Coach Heinz Guthardt, the former coach of Steffi Graf, was like, <laughs> well, if she was really injured, then it was legitimate. But we think that this could possibly be cheating. And of course, Swiss player Belinda Bencic, gold medalist this year, was like, um, I think it was ugly, to be honest. Like, quote, unquote, those were her words. <laughs> I did not make that up. She's like, quote, I think it was ugly, to be honest. I feel really disappointed right now. So she ended up losing to Samsonova in the second um, rubber match, which could have tied the situation. But, I mean, the record books are going to say congrats to Russia. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. Interesting. I, I mean, are there any rules against substituting? And does, you know, the Russian team or Russian federation or whatever they're called have to give proof that, Pav was injured in some way like I don't it doesn't sound like there's any sort of hard and fast rule with regards to that like you obviously kind of like um the labor cup players had to submit who they were putting forward but Mm -hmm. in this particular instance is there anything you know uh stopping a player from being swapped out or or stopping a team in this case from saying that their player is injured even though they might not be yeah, I mean, I don't think so. But if you take a look at it, it is a bit sketchy. Like, Samsonova's on fire. You know, what an easy excuse to say that Pavlyuchenkova sustained a knee injury in the warm-up. Like, <laughs> in the warm-up, girl, okay. She's, like, holding her knee. She's like, ouch, ouch, my knee. Is there vi- was there video footage of that? <laughs> no, no video footage. And um, they happen to switch her out for a player that's playing the best on the team. And, you know, Heinz Guntart did admit that it shook the team up, you know. So if it is it a little gamesmanship, uh, I mean, that's up for debate. But, you know, in terms of like um, sportsman like behavior, is it nice to switch out your player 15 minutes before a match? I mean, legitimately, yes, but there seems to be a little bit of, um, you know, a little bit of gamesmanship here. So, mm. I mean, I'm not sure what to think, but doesn't matter what the fuck I think because Russia ended up winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is interesting because obviously Team Russia could have had a conversation about it, could have said, you know, Samsonova matches up better mm. against Bencic. Um, mm. You know, Switzerland probably had a game plan uh, against Pav and then the game... F- plan is pulled out from under them so yeah interesting interesting so much drama so much drama and one last concluding story from the billy jean king cup our girl carla suarez navarro closes her career she lost oh. yeah she lo- she lost her singles match against slovakia but she ends her career with a doubles win and that's all she wrote so what a nice end to her career. I'm I'm sure she is going to have so many opportunities, whether in coaching or in the media in Spain, because she's just so beloved by the tennis yeah. world. Yeah. No, that's so cool. I didn't realize that she would. That was sort of the end of her career. But I guess it makes sense to represent Spain and end your career at the Not My Lava Cup. Yeah. Yeah, I wish people could have watched, you know, her matches because we definitely did not. (laughs) Or watch any of it. (laughs) Any of the matches. (laughs) Speaking of watching any of it, I'm hoping because I emailed and submitted (laughs) a a complaint to WTA TV that I would like them to fix our account. Yeah. Pre the Akron WTA finals in Guadalajara. This is another event that was moved, mm. if I'm not mistaken. It was moved from somewhere else to Guadalajara, correct? Is- Istanbul? I believe. Was that- it supposed to be in Turkey? Yeah, I feel like the finals have recently been in, Ist- in Istanbul. Okay. Yeah. I like, um, a- I like a Guadalajara moment. Yeah, it's warm. We should go, we should be on a plane. We should actually be there, but whatever. Yeah. Okay. Explain something to me. I always thought that Akron was a city in Ohio, but it is. A- 
It also is a city in Ohio. A, I think Akron is the sponsor. It's kind of like the hmm. Nito is the sponsor of the ATP finals. Akron. What, is, what is Akron? Uh, I is don't it, know. It's it's being held at the Akron Tennis Stadium. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Akron, for supporting our, our sport. Yeah. $5 million is up for grabs. Doesn't that sound like a lot of money? Damn, son. Like, <laughs> $5 million? Okay. Well, they uh, need to kind of boost up the the social media presence of the tournament. If $5 million <laughs> is at stake. Like, come on, ladies. Maybe they could release the groups and the actual <laughs> first round matchups because we are recording this on Monday night and we know nothing about group A or group B or group like Steffi Graf and Martina Navratilova yeah. wherever they're going to name that. Like We don't know anything. We don't know anything. No, not a damn thing. I will say this though. Um, in terms of welcoming committee, in terms of uh, cute little stories that they've released on IG to promote the tournament... They're doing a good job. I mean, remember how we were talking last week about what an easy kind of promotional situation it would be for the Vienna tournament to incorporate Beethoven and Bach, right? right. Cultural aspects of where it's being hosted. I know. I mean, clearly the organizers at Guadalajara listened to us because who did they have when the players arrived at the Guadalajara International Airport? Did they have a mariachi band? They had a full freaking mariachi band. Did they have a bucket full of Coronas and chips and salsa? <laughs> that I'm not so sure. But mm, I mean, I would that, have enjoyed that. Yeah, I mean, that would have been so much appreciated. Mm-hmm. And they had a cute little swag bag situation with a lot of indigenous crafts, like a cute little rattan colorful oh, bag. Cool. So, you know, in terms of just, like, welcoming the the eight players there, they did a great job. And, I mean, in my opinion, they need to do a little bit more of that because the eight players that are there, the top four players for me are, like, who are you? (laughs) And the numbers five to eight are, like, more exciting to me. They're more exciting to you because they've been playing better more recently? They just have personalities that uh, you can kind of sink your teeth into, you know, gotcha. like Mugu, for example, she uh, posted on her IG a cute little story with her in this gingham dress with like these ex- um, l- large flowers walking through the streets of Guadalajara. Like Mugu's a girl that you want to be friends with. We've said that on the show before. Yeah. Love do to I, hang out with her. Right. Do we know a damn thing about Barbora Krejcikova? Not other than the fact that she's won the French Open this year. Mm-mm. Babe, tell us about yourself. What's going on? <laughs> you know what tell I mean? Us. Yeah. Like Pliskova, we've tried really to melt her tin man heart, tin woman heart, but. She's done a little bit of that. Like, I feel like she's worn us down a little bit. Like, we've started to, you know, the. Wimbledon trophy presentation. She yeah. was a little bit, yeah. you know, you got to know her a little bit more. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you, I have written mm. this exact question. <laughs> How excited are you <laughs> about the WTA finals? How interested are you in this event? I am interested because they are the finals. <laughs> <laughs> I like the venue. I like what I've seen from the organizers thus far. Um, I love the stories on IG of all the practice situations that they've posted. The players are not so much of a draw for me. I'm excited to see Zachary, Tom Hill. <laughs> Hi, babe. Remember us? <laughs> um, He's been harding things. Yeah, you know, I think he maybe he's feeling a little gun shy on the direct message situation. But, mm. um, you know, I'm excited to see Tom Hill's girl, Zachary. I live for a Mugu situation. The girl that shall remain unnamed, excited to see her there. Um, Plishkova, no thank you. Um, Kurjikova, no thank you. <laughs> Who are the other two? Sabalenka? Mm. No, no, thanks. I'm not sure. I'm on the fence <laughs> about her. And Sviantek? 
I'm not sure. Remember a year ago, we recorded an episode after she like blitzed yeah. everybody yeah. at the French Open. Jeannie was very excited to have taken five games off of her in mm. the third round. Yeah. Nobody took more than four games off of her in a set. Mm-hmm. And we were like, this girl is unbelievable. And recently, I think in the last couple of months, we're like, is there a bit of backlash with her? Mm. Is, do people find her annoying? <laughs> um, <laughs> I used to love, you know, watching her and she would destroy players. And now it's, you know, she's sort of settling in. Mm. Uh, to her career she's the youngest player in this particular event yeah but we're we're not so excited is there are we not so excited because she sort of hasn't followed up throughout this year and you know having won the french open she won like a tournament after post melbourne but there hasn't been much in the way to get excited about with her i i mean i think so uh, she had a Cinderella run at the French Open last year, and we went on and on and on about her ATP style forehand. We're like, okay, this girl has got the goods to really dominate. And, you know, we've kind of dragged her about her commitment to her doubles game. And it's like, okay, that's really nice and cute, but, you know, you want to really get into it. Like, sorry, babe, you got to just really focus on singles. Anyway. It doesn't surprise me that she's having a letdown the year after she wins a Grand Slam. But, um, yeah, I I would agree with you. I think that because she hasn't made such huge waves this year, that there's not really so much excitement around her. There's not a lot of hubbub around her, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, Raducanu won the U.S. Open. She flopped in Indian Wells, kind of had a little bit of a uh, comeback in Transylvania. I would have... I would easily prefer to see her over Kurjikova or no, I like Shrontek in there, but like, you know, Raducanu has, has some, some juice. Leila Fernandez has some juice, Yeah, you know, like they may not have the ranking status, but I think that they would be more exciting to watch had they had the ranking in the finals. Mm hmm. So what you're saying is there's not a lot of personality among the players in the draw. Yeah. I mean, Bedosa is cute. She's yeah. cute, right? Like, uh, she, she's all right. Is her, is her husband going to be there? I was going to say, do you, think, be there? do you think Pitts will be there? Probably. Most your Pitts? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't be there. I think this could possibly be, her, I mean, post Indian Wells her next largest tournament victory so mm-hmm. he probably will if she does well in her round robin he'll probably make an appearance I think yeah, I would think so so six of the players are making their debut mm-hmm. and two are returning players Carolina her fifth straight appearance <laughs> and Lugu known? <laughs> well I guess that speaks to her consistency so does that mean she's like the fave Potentially. Are you kidding me? I don't know. Like the she's phase? she's played she's probably among these women played uh the most consistent this year. Okay. She's made a few event finals. Yeah. Made the Wimbledon final. Yeah. The Rome final again where she lost love and love <laughs> to Iga. Yeah. That was like I'm going to walk the dog. First set's over, make the breakfast. The match is over. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think in terms of results, she, you know, minus the player that shall not be named, mm-hmm. she's been um, perhaps the most consistent. Like, I don't even think Zachary has won a tournament. No. No, she has not. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Well, I'll give it to her. I mean, Fave is a very... Ugh, that's not the word that I would use for anyone. It is WTA. Yeah, let's, ex- be real. let's be real. I mean, you know, Coco Golf. That's could not a sh- that's not shade. We love it. We love yeah. WTA. We no, we do. We do. It's it's the unpredictability. Unpredictability. Yeah. And anyone can win at any time. <laughs> anyone. <laughs> uh, the complete opposite of the ATP tour. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, I'm not going to... I, well, no, I. everyone knows who my favorite is going to be, and it's because I'm not going to say her name. I think she's going to continue. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is good. I would have to say... I don't think that you've really answered the question, but I would... I can answer it because I don't think neither of us are particularly excited uh, to watch this. I, I think for me, I would love arena to sort of solidify her potential. Like maybe this is the, 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 this would be the win that she would need to like mm. not choke anymore at the grand slam level, like right. lose to Layla and double fault and mm. that, that final game. And yeah, Poor, poor, um, poor her, poor arena. <laughs> are you, I mean, would it be more interesting if Ash was there? Oh yeah. She should be there. Oh yeah. I mean, if she Ash has, was... yeah, she has decided, I think to stay in Australia. Yeah. I mean, if Ash was there, it'd be way more interesting. You know, the, the two other players, I mean, I wish that Naomi was there. I really do wish that Naomi was there. Um, and I do wish that Serena was there, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't Ser- think Serena would have qualified. No. Oh no, no, no! She definitely would. In not terms have. of like the points, or yeah. or Naomi, although Naomi won Australia, I don't know if she would have qualified. She, yeah, she definitely wouldn't have quali- would not have qualified. But had they, um, I mean, had they lived to their potential as players, I I have no doubt that both of them. I mean, on a in a bad year, in a, in a really bad year, Serena could still make top eight. For sure. Right? So, I mean, no offense to Barbora, uh, but <laughs> bye. And um, who's the other one I could do without? Pliskova? But she's the most, consi- <laughs> she's the most consistent. She's, I would say of the players, you know, Arena earlier in the season was consistent. Carolina a little bit more consistent um, mm. in the latter half of the season along with the player that shall not be named and mm. uh, Pitt's girlfriend. Bedosa. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I like Bedosa. There's something about her I think that we can uh, really hold on to. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm excited to see her. Yeah. Okay. That's all we have to say. We can't talk about any of the <laughs> groups because none of that has been released, even though the tournament starts in a day and a half. Yeah. And hopefully WTA TV gets back to us so we can freaking watch it. <laughs> um, I was my, <laughs> the other question I wrote for you about the WTA finals was how many tickets do you think have been sold? I, I mean, coming off Paris Masters 1000 in Bercy, it will be really embarrassing, beyond embarrassing if they don't fill those stands. I, I say you sell them for five pesos and a taco and <laughs> it, to get people on the stands, honestly, because it is just so embarrassing. You yeah. know, it makes me so sad because I love women's tennis way more than men's tennis. No, you know, like it's just the truth. That's how I grew up. And, uh, you know, when you see these top tier tournaments where fans don't show up for women's matches, it just makes my heart hurt so much. Mm-hmm. How are the fans in Mexico for the tennis because i know the acapulco event um you know this past february the men's was pretty full i can't remember about the women's but yeah i think monterey was pretty packed i think the mexican fans are knowledgeable um so i'm hoping and expecting actually there were a couple of ig stories of um uh, tickets that have been sent out to media influencers in Guadalajara who are going to be attending. So they're, the WT is really getting their shit together in terms of like 21st century um, promotion. So I cer- certainly hope on Wednesday that uh, the stands are packed. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to pick Mugu as your winner so no. that you can jinx her? Mm, no. No, okay. no, 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 no. Okay, perfect. I, I'm, I'm committed to her. I'm committed to the player that shall remain nameless. Okay, so you are going to pick the player that shall remain nameless. Yes. And um, I am going to pick... Iga. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pick Zachary. This is the uh, one event she's going to win this year. Oh, that's nice. And by Zachary, I mean Plishkova. 
<laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I'm going to pick Sun Cream. Okay. Pliskova's record at the WTA finals is not very good. It's a seven and eight record, even though she's the most, um, Consist- she'll have the most experience mm-hmm. uh, at the finals. Not a great record. Maybe, maybe she's just going to be so relaxed and chill this time around that she's going to take it home, you know? Yeah, yeah potentially. <laughs> I assume you mean Sakri. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, last thing Yeah. before we go. Next-gen finals in yes. Milan. The other thing that's happening in Italy. In Milan? Uh, Oh, that's it's right. In, in Milan. The race, the race to Milan is on. It mm. starts tomorrow. Nice. Which is Tuesday. If nice. you're listening to this uh, when it comes out on Wednesday, it has already started. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> two players. Uh, there are three players who qualified who have bowed out. Okay. Yannick Sinner. Okay. He's too good for it. Yes. And Felix Oje Aliasim. I mean, though he's not won a tournament, also too good for it. Mm, he could use. <laughs> <laughs> he's in Stockholm though, so he's playing the 250 event there, which has a pretty decent draw. Uh, we're we're not going to talk about that today. Uh, and Jensen Brooksby also qualified, but is not playing. I would have liked to see have seen Jensen there. Mm-hmm. So the the eight players are Alcaraz, Corda. Mm-hmm. Musetti, Nakashima, two Argentinian players who uh, we admitted, I think, before we hopped on that we had not heard of in Serundolo and Baez, mm-hmm. uh, Rune, yeah, and Hugo Gaston, cutie with yeah. the booty. I I like everyone except for the two people that I don't know because we don't know them. We don't know them, so maybe this is they're going to be their big splash. I think one of the challenges for me in enjoying this, I do think it's on TV, so I will, we will be able to watch it, mm-hmm. is the format. I don't Ugh. love the like, Ugh. I, it's so it's best of five sets, I believe, mm-hmm. but four games, Ugh. no ad scoring, no. tie break at three all. I know it's sort of like meant to like move the things along and, mm-hmm. and, but it makes it feel exhibitiony and not important. Yeah, I mean, tennis, I think we're all fans of tennis because to some degree we are tennis purists. I like the game as it always has been. And, uh, you know, first to six sets, tie break, all of that jazz. What is it? Four, tied at four all, you're going to go into a tie break? No, tied at three all. Three all, a tie break, no ad scoring. You might as well flip a coin. I yeah. mean, really? Like, uh, am I going to tune into this? I am. I, uh, that's a lie. Probably not. <laughs> no, I am. Okay, I promise you guys I am. I am. I want to see what it's like. I'm going I'm to give it a chance. And um, a, and at least the player, the players participating have more of a draw for me than the WTA finals. Like, I'm excited to see Rune. I want to see how he does. You know, mm-hmm. he's been very vocal about his discontent with the ranking system. Um, Musetti, who has not done a damn thing this entire year, since since the beginning of the year, I'm curious mm-hmm. to see where his game is at. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious to see how these young guns are going to do in this weird and modified format. Yeah. Yeah, It's. I think it's weird and it's. it makes you a little bit less interested because you've seen them all year yes play good matches like yes. you've seen Corda play well yes. you've seen Alcaraz like grow and emerge yeah. we just saw Gaston like light that shit up against Medvedev in Paris and now we gotta watch them play to three all and then play a tie break and not play ad scoring it's like no like let them play like l- let it be somewhat like let it be a step down from the world tour finals yes. but for these younger players like yeah i don't love the format don't love it yeah i wish i agree with you i think they should make it just regular scoring and you know it's obviously the atp's ploy to raise the profile of the up and coming generation and they think that it's like cool and hip and like yeah man like this is cool like 
you know, let's make it like up to four, no ad scoring. That's like the future of tennis, guys. It's like, <laughs> but it's, but it's not because when no. they get up to the, the higher echelons and they get to the players who are skipping it, like Yannick and FAA. Yeah, they're not going to be playing three all tie breaks they're gonna be playing six all tie breaks and they're gonna be playing grand slam finals and masters finals and i mean maybe maybe that is the vibe maybe the vibe is like you know let's not take it too seriously you know it's just kind of like a fun little exhibition-y style tourney yeah i think it's meant to maybe introduce these players in a tighter format that is simpler and quicker uh, to digest, but as a tennis purist, as you have identified as us as, which is completely true, mm-hmm. we want the full best two out of three, yeah, regular scoring tiebreak sets, and we, you know, I would love to see an Alcaraz Corda best yeah. two out of three match. I would love to see, you know, a rematch of uh, Alcaraz and Hugo. Yeah, agreed. I'm there with you, babe. 100%. So, that starts... Anyway, if you care about that, that starts tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. What a... Paris. Congrats. <laughs> congrats, Novak. Yeah. I mean, continuous to make history. You know, easy to hate for some. Hard to ignore his success <laughs> and his mastery of the sport uh, at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we will preview the ATP World Tour Finals, which I think will be juicy. Although there's really only like two or three players that I think have a shot to TBH. I mean, if Zverev... Okay, we'll get into it. But yeah. my, my bet's still on Zverev. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Even though he flamed out this I week. Know. He's okay. going to get a nap. All right. Well, <laughs> I know you're all waiting with bated breath for that merch. So, you know, keep checking our LinkedIn because it's going to come up <laughs> on the link tree soon enough. <laughs> Yay! Maybe next week. But until then, see you then. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> We're here for your tennis tainment or your tentertainment or whatever it is. But if you like what we're serving up, please give us a five star review and like, share, and subscribe and like such as. Wait, one more thing. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ready Play Tennis Podcast.